Hey everybody, welcome back to the Introversion Podcast. It is a Sunday morning. <laughs> Such a long time ago, F- 15 years ago? 15 years ago I'd be going to church right now. Uh, but instead I am figuring out my life and thinking... I guess I used to do the same thing in church. It just used to be stooped in an environment of old hymns and sort of empty platitudes and pastors' promises from God and whatnot. But anyway, I don't want to get into religion too much and stuff right now today. So today I want to talk about filling the cup and exactly what I mean by that. And I'll be honest, I I, I haven't been in the greatest of moods yesterday and today. I, I I was almost going to record an episode yesterday, Saturday, which was going to be quite a rant. Um, I don't even have the right words for how how I've been feeling lately and what I want to express. It's not really a rant. It's not really a tirade. It's not really a soliloquy, a monologue. I don't know. It's just, and the feelings that I have, it's not really anger. It's a very frustrated energy. Um, on a number of levels, it's a dissatisfaction, not necessarily with myself, but just with the world or with people or human nature or just, just the way things are, you know, and, you know, I've been talking about this in various forms a lot since this podcast started in 2020 and the whole pandemic thing where I'm just telling, okay, this is what it is. Everything is shut down. You can go to the grocery store. You have to wear a mask. and There's like no human interaction, no human connection at all for a month. For oh, Sorry, let's start with two weeks to flatten the curve and all that bullshit. And then, okay, a month and then two months and then three months. And then, okay, five months later, they open up the gym. And you get a little dinky time slot. And then and then they close the gyms again. And then they reopen. And then, okay, cool. And then, oh, no, you're not allowed to go anymore because you didn't get the jab. It's like, and uh, this isn't going to be another one of those rants from me, but I, I bring it up as an example of my frustration with the city that I'm living in, the country I'm living in, the people I'm surrounded by, and not just the physical surroundings here in Philly, but just online, you know, on Facebook with my quote unquote friend network out there. Um, so I, I don't mean to go back and, and harp about 2020 again right now, because I want to talk about the current moment, you know, today, October 23rd, 2022. And I actually want to, that's not true. I don't, it's not that I don't want to look back. I actually want to go further back. I want to go further back to my late twenties, I guess like around 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, around that time frame, around when I was 30, 31, 32. You know, it's funny with this podcast, right? And with the introversion.com site, I used to do daily entries all the time. And I used to tell the story of my life. 
And I can't remember to what degree I used to mention people's names of people who were in my life back then. I do remember I would have pictures of my friends in there. And I think the very first introversion entry I did was when my friend Roxanne came to visit me in San Francisco. And I had a picture of her. And I think in the small print, I mentioned her name, Roxanne. So it's kind of like, to some degree... The friends and people I knew, and I don't think I put as much people I dated into the introversion daily entries and whatnot, but I'm just curious, thinking, looking back, like, but now it's a little different. I don't really do the daily entries anymore, but I do the podcast thing now. And the thing with the daily entries is like people just can quickly look at it and be like, okay, I see what the day was like. Oh, there's a picture of this person and blah, blah, blah. So it's almost like the equivalent of a modern day Instagram post or like a video entry or something like that. But now with the podcast, it's a longer format, of course, and um, fewer people see it, fewer people listen. And I sit here and I wonder, is it all strangers mostly who, you know, I, I know a couple friends, family listen to it, watch it. But I can't say for sure, like, which friends listen to this, which ones, you know. I, I know I have some friends who I've wanted to share the podcast with them, a specific episode here and there, and I would let them know. And some of the friends were very reluctant, and they'd let me know. They're like, oh, no, I don't listen to podcasts. Or, no, nah, I don't. Why do I need to listen to that? I already talked to you all the time, and I know what you say. I think about everything. So why do I need to listen to the podcast? So I've gotten that from a few friends. And um, I know I'm kind of bouncing all over the place here, but the reason why I'm giving this little context is uh, I do want to mention about one specific friend, and I am, I'll mention him by his first name. And I don't know whether he's listening to this or has listened to anything of the Introversion Podcast for the last couple of years. He's a friend who we reconnected, I think, in 2020, I think he saw on Facebook after my, I posted about my mom having cancer. I'm not sure, but I think maybe that's what prompted him to reach out to me. And we ended up having a phone call. We talked for like four hours. We caught up. And uh, he kind of apologized. He kind of apologized for disappearing, you know, for not being a good friend. Like, cause the thing is with this guy, we used, we used to be best friends, like true BFFs. And I might revisit this term BFF, and it is a, in large part a point of this episode. So, but he was my boy. He was my bro. He was my my BFF from when I moved to New York. Like when I met him, my friend Dan. And um, I'll just I won't mention his last name, but I'll just mention him by his first name. You know, long story short, he got married and disappeared, and. Leading up to his marriage, and when he started to get married, we would still hang out a little bit, a little bit, but I realized it was mostly just me reaching out to him. A callback to my last episode, Reaching Out, which I have a little bit more to say about that. In fact, this episode is sort of a continuation of that episode that I just did, Reaching Out. But it was just me reaching out to him, and and I would get the scraps left over of his time because he was committed to his wife and that was it. And and uh, it seemed like she would call the shots and sort of dictate 
the terms of his life and he went along with it. And I think it happens to a lot of guys when they get married. But be that as it may, he and I became nothing because when I stopped reaching out, he already wasn't reaching out to me and we just drifted apart. And then he went off to medical school, moved away. And so I, I, I don't want to go all, this episode is certainly not all about him, but it's a very important thing that happened in my life and that, that leads to the topic of this episode, the filling of the cups and what I mean by that. And what I mean by the filling of the cups is, you know, obviously I can only speak for myself, but I think a lot of this rings true with introverts in general. Introverts in general, they don't necessarily want to reach out and have a billion friends and be out there in the middle of everybody and everything. We're not necessarily the life of the party. We don't want to go to an event and not know anybody and meet everybody. And No, introverts tend to be a wallflower. We want to latch on at a party or an event to one person or the friend we came with and go deep and have a meaningful conversation and connect with maybe connect with as many people as possible, but realistically, we're not going to have the energy, the fortitude, you know, the zest to just talk to 30 people at an event where you don't know anybody. This is the nature of introverts. And what I'm describing, most people should know by now. I mean, whether you've listened to this podcast or not, like I would assume it's funny, Susan Cain, the, the, the queen of the introverts, whatever she wrote the book, quiet and all that stuff. And I saw her on Lex Friedman's podcast sometime earlier this year. And I'm just like, the reason why I noticed was when you search for introversion podcast, now all of a sudden on YouTube, mine wasn't coming up first, but hers was this interview. And I was like, oh, great. Um, But I listened to a little bit of it and I stopped watching it after a few minutes because I'm like, to me, it's like at this point in 2022, everything she was saying is like, isn't this obvious to everybody by now? Doesn't everybody know what an introvert is now? and how they function, how they operate, what wavelength they're on compared to extroverts. But she was just spelling it out very obviously. And uh, the Lex Friedman guy was just asking her very basic questions like, so wait a minute. So where do you get your energy as an introvert? Are you saying you like to spend more time alone than with a lot of people? And I'm like, I'm just like, as if this is like groundbreaking material, like what? So all that, it kind of annoys me. That kind of annoys me because I'm like, but maybe people just, need to hear that because they still don't know it. But to me, it's like been so obvious for the last 10, 15 years. I'm like, doesn't everybody know this by now? So I'm just going to assume you all know how introverts work, what introverts are and all this stuff. So bringing it back to this, the title of this episode, filling the cup, I, I thought of this metaphor probably back when I was 31, 32, when I started to make this shift. And basically it was like, For an introvert, the ideal scenario is probably that you have one BFF or two or maybe three, you know, and beyond your very best friends who you know will be there with you and for you till the very end. You have sort of an inner circle, which might be more like an additional four or five friends. You know, it's like people you really like, people you really know, people you really respect and you can count on and you enjoy their company. And they're just quality people. And as much as you appreciate them, you know that they appreciate you and they respect you. They value you. It goes both ways, two-way street. So I feel like this is pretty standard for an introvert to have. And if you don't have it, that's what you're longing for. 
is to have a best friend or two or three and an inner circle of five to ten people maybe. But beyond that, the acquaintances, the coworkers, the everybody else, it really doesn't matter to the introvert whether you have 100 people out there or 600 people in your Facebook friend network or whatever or 1,000 people. It doesn't matter. What matters is your BFFs and your inner circle. You know, that was certainly the case for me and kind of still is the case for me. And I reckon this is the case for a lot of introverts. And I had that somewhat in my late 20s. And the pinnacle of it was with my best friend, Dan. And I say BFF, of course, best friend forever. That was the feeling and that was the expectation. And the thing is, when that just fell apart, and became nothingness. I mean, it literally reached a point where literally just a year or two later, by the time I was 33, 34, still, I mean, I just left the church, and then I was starting to date more with non-Christians and have a, a robust social life and sex life and all that. And I thought, okay, cool. Now that I've left the church, now that I've left religion, things are actually starting to happen in my life. Maybe I will actually meet and connect and marry somebody. And at that point, by the time I was 34, 33, around there, I was like, wow, what if I got married? And I thought, would I even, I mean, I was, other than his brother, I was basically the best man in his wedding. And then I thought, what if I, at 35 now, just a couple years later, if I were to get married, would I even invite Dan to my wedding? You know? much less have him be my best man. But I'm like, would I even invite him? And then I, I kind of started to think about other guy friends. And I was like, yeah, who would be my groomsman or who would be my best man? And um, I realized at that point that things kind of started, they were evolving and I was slipping away from this sort of BFF and inner circle model that I described earlier, which comes natural to me and introverts, that sort of dynamic. And instead, like the, the clear distinction was like my 30th birthday versus my 31st birthday. This is just a prime example of this sort of shift that happened. My 30th birthday, first I had a dinner before I had my big party at the club with all my other friends. But like I had a more intimate dinner and it was my best friend Dan and his wife Ashley at the time and my other friend Justin and his wife. Anita, and my other friend Dennis, and his fiance, I think, at that time, Susanna. And Dennis and Susanna met through me at my Super Bowl party. So basically, you know, it's a couple about to have a baby. It's a newly married couple. It's a couple engaged, going to get married, like those six people. And those all stemmed from those three guys who were my, my tight best friend guy friends, you know. And we were all Christian, and we were all in the Bible study together and all this stuff. So these were my Christian brothers and sisters in Christ. And so imagine a table with like two, 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 me, and then an, essentially an empty chair. So I was like, you, you know, third wheel or whatever, but I was like, what is that? I was like this seventh wheel. I don't even think that usually a fifth wheel is maybe a thing like two couples and then you're the outside guy. But like I was literally 
the seventh wheel at my own birthday dinner for my 30th birthday. Needless to say, I was, as much as I love these guys, it it hurt, you know? It felt like I was becoming aware of this grim reality, this feeling of being left behind. And I felt it coming on. And as much as I tried to get up for the occasion, it's my 30th birthday, yada, yada, yada. Like, I think there was just this um, dread, you know, this remorse or this feeling of darkness, sadness, melancholy of like, how did I get here? And I felt my best friends, my BFFs, especially Dan, slipping away and entering into my 30s alone, you know, with just Jesus to comfort me, you know. And this is the way things played out when I was 30. And that's why I I don't know if I ever said it explicitly on this podcast, but this is basically the story of my life, the evolution of of it's a bigger thing than the specific topic that I'm addressing today. But yeah, the reason why I bring that up on my 30th birthday is yeah, then I went to the party and more people were there and it was like whatever, but I think that I drank a lot, of course, and then I was so hungover the next day and just kind of depressed and miserable and I was like, wow, you know, I'm 30 now. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life and is you know, you you turn 30, you turn 40, they tend to be moments in your life where you reflect, you stop, you take a moment and you think, where am I with my goals, aspirations in life? And then you think, okay, I'm not there yet in this area or that area, but you evaluate, do I at least have momentum toward, am I on my way? And I realized literally the next morning after turning 30, I was like, not only am I not where I thought it would be in terms of like getting married or meeting the person I'm going to marry and starting to have a family and all that stuff. Like, no, not even, I had no momentum toward that. And that ended up being a big part of why I left the church because it all felt like empty promises. You know, you could say what you will about theology and scripture and all that jazz, but the reality that I faced as a single virgin, I'll throw that in there, virgin, because I was waiting till marriage for sex, like Christians are supposed to do. And this is the thing. Like, I just, I'm still that kind of person where I'm like, I, you know, or maybe not as much, but I, you do the right thing. You have honor, integrity, and all that stuff. And and then I realized at 30, I'm like, this isn't adding up. Like, this isn't working out like the way, I don't feel rewarded by God. I don't feel like by doing the right thing, by abstaining from sex, that somehow uh, this is, no, it was starting to become more a liability. You know, that movie with Steve Carell came out, 40-year-old virgin, and I just turned 30, and I was like, shit, man, that's going to be me at 40. 
if I keep going on this path. And so all of this I'm kind of mentioning because I'm like, this was the point where I changed course in life. Yeah. So going back to the the real reason I brought up this 30th birthday is not to tell the big picture story of my life, which maybe I will tell at some point in greater depth, but to stay on point here and not have this be a forever long episode. The difference between my 30th birthday and my 31st birthday was I had my best, my BFFs, my closest friends at the dinner and then versus, but they were all married in couples and stuff. So they had moved on in that mode of life from where I was as a single guy. By 31, my 31st birthday, I was no longer a virgin. And, you know, I was more non-Christian at that point. I hadn't fully left the church, but I was definitely on my way. And um, I had a much better time at my birthday party for my 31st birthday. And the thing is, I learned the lesson of like, okay, don't invite your married friends. Don't, don't lift them up on this higher pedestal because we're BFFs or anything. No, like deal with reality. And the reality was I invited more of my single friends and I stayed out later with my single friends, guys and girls, on my 31st birthday. Had a much better time much better time. I didn't have this feeling of being left behind. They kind of had more or less nowhere else to go. We're all single in this together. We're like, let's go to this bar. Let's go to this bar. Let's keep going. Let's keep the night going. So even if on an individual basis, I didn't feel as much of a connection with any one of these single friends, collectively, it had a better net effect on my fun and happiness and enjoyment of the evening and life in general. And this is basically to bring it back to the title of this episode, filling the cup, filling the cups, however you want to read into it. And maybe you're getting it already. What I'm saying is, but basically it's like, imagine you have this glass or this cup, and it's filled with water. And the water represents sort of your, what you need to be sustained. And I don't even mean in terms of work and work-life balance and other things like that. I mean in terms of sort of like social, specifically with like social and emotional needs and connections. So you have this one big cup of water, or maybe it's like two or three cups of water which represent your closeness, like your emotional friendship, social, everything is satisfied within this one or two cups of water, right? Which kind of represents somebody like a Dan in my life, or if I had a wife at the, or a girlfriend, like just your needs are met, your priorities are, like it's all the liquid of yourself that you're giving out of yourself is with this one cup or two cups or whatever, big cups. But even the shift between my turning 30 and 31, I had shifted toward, okay, there's no more big cup full of water now. Now it's like a bunch of like little shot glasses. It's a bunch of smaller cups. And the water now has been dispersed from the one or two big cups into all of these smaller, many, many more cups. But you see how as an introvert, the natural desire but it's also a risk factor to invest yourself in just one or two cups. Like, do you put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak, right? 
and that is another way of looking at this. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. That metaphor, similar idea with the cups filling with the water. But what I ended up doing, even as quickly as from 30 to 31, is like, okay, I'll surround myself. I'll have more and more smaller cups, shot glasses, and I'll spread my water out amongst all these different little smaller cups, which is not the natural way for the introvert. But I adapted. And I think the nature of being a freelancer, that's the other thing. At age 30, I left my job. I made so many changes at 30. I don't know if I'll eventually tell the full story with all the details, but I made a lot, I put everything on the table and I made a lot of changes at 30, not just leaving religion and other, but other, many other things. And one of the things was I left my job and I went full freelance, 2007, 2008. And I did really well with that. And I actually switched from web design into motion graphics and video editing and all stuff. So, but anyway, it doesn't come natural to spread yourself out your liquid into all these smaller cups for an introvert. That doesn't come natural. That was an adaptation that I felt compelled to do. And I was wise to do so, even though it wasn't natural because I had to recover somehow from losing all my water in one or two cups. So the beauty of dispersing your water amongst many of these little cups is if you're not vested completely in any one of those cups. And when one of them flakes out, when one of them goes away, when one of them whatever, it's not a big loss because you lost a little bit of the water in this little cup. It doesn't matter because you've got 50 other little cups. So every time you lose one of the cups or whatever, it's easy to lose it and it's easy to replace it. If you have all your liquid in one cup and that cup goes away, you're just immediately like lost that's a huge loss. So yeah, hopefully that's pretty clear what I've described, the whole filling of the cups. So that was me at 30 and 31, that shift that took place. And that has been continuing along through my 30s. And now that I'm into my 40s, 40 plus, as I like to say, once you make it past 42, it's weird because let's factor 2020 into it and this whole pandemic and the whole shift that's occurred now in this last couple of years. So if I'm still the person who like even more so now, the many, many, many cups, little cups makes more sense to me because there just hasn't been not to put my friend Dan on a pedestal or anything, but there, there hasn't been someone who, who's come along, who could replace him. And going MGTOW and all this stuff the last couple of years, it's like, yeah, like in the, like dating women, it's just like a terrible market here in Philly for it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just unattracted to overweight women. And not only that, but their attitudes, the tattoos, the nose piercings, the, their Trump derangement syndrome, their uh, animosity, their lack of femininity, their um, radical feminism, their man hate, their I don't need a man, and all just this, all of this, all of this collectively together. It's like, yeah, I'm not drawn toward women anymore, at least here in Philly. But yeah, also I, I forgot to mention this level of entitlement as well. And Love is Blind, season three, 
we actually, Tommy and I just recorded an episode on that on FMAO on Friday, and I'm shooting to post it tomorrow. So depending on when this introversion episode goes live, also possibly tomorrow on Monday, definitely tune into that. Watch the Love is Blind episode. Uh, we covered Love is Blind season three that just came out. So check that out on FMAO. Uh, if you're not subscribed over there, go over there, check it out. Uh, YouTube.FMAOshow.com or just go into your YouTube app and type in FMAO show and you'll find us over there. So go subscribe over there and um, check out that episode, Love is Blind. There's a lot of things there. Even after recording that, I finished watching the four available episodes of Love is Blind season three and I was just like, yeah, yeah. I feel solid about what I said there, at least, what we said. And I'm glad we said those things. You know, some of them might be kind of harsh, some kind of kind of mean, but it's true. Well, at least that's how I see things. And I think that's what FMAO is all about. And to some degree here as well, introversion, like this is what it's all about. It's just me speaking my truth, telling it the way I see it. And, you know, just like these unattractive women who are so entitled. And I looked at the guys in the show and I'm like, most of them are pretty buff in shape, taking good care of themselves and tall and they have their shit together and good for them. But it's kind of like when I hear this overweight chick say, Oh, I like eating food and "Ah, I don't care to work out. I don't mind being fat or whatever. And it's everybody else's problem if they don't like it and shit like that. But anyway, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here. Let me bring it back here to the point. The point is, there's not much of a prospect for me to have a one or two big cups anymore. So all I'm left with are like small cups to potentially spread my life energy or my myself just out, spread myself out amongst all these little cups. Yeah, I mean, 2020 was a year of great disappointments, and I had certain people just leave my life. And uh, I'll mention another friend by name, Winston. He probably doesn't listen to this. I really don't know what happened to that guy, but he used to be my boss. We used to work together. Back in New York, we had a great life together, a great friendship. I used to love going over to his apartment in Brooklyn, and we would hang out and the guy just cracked me up and we just talked about deep stuff too and tech stuff, creativity. And like, we're just like great friends. I wouldn't put him on the level of Dan as my BFF, but he was a good, great guy, you know, very interesting, very fun, very smart, very capable, talented, and just like the kind of people I'd love to have in my life. And I was grateful to have him in my life and, um, good times. And then this, uh, Wuhan flu comes out and I'm reaching out to my friends, my so-called friends. I'm like, Hey, are you okay? Uh, did you hear about this virus thing? Like I'm talking like March, 2020, you know, I reached out and everybody's like, Oh yeah, I'm okay. I'm locking down, you know, wherever they are in the world. And I reached out to him of course, and never heard back. And of course I worried a little bit. I'm like, did he die? Did he die of the virus? Did it get him? At that point, we didn't know. We saw footage of people dying in, on the streets in China, passing out or whatever. All of this is faked or whatever. It's all propaganda or whatever now, but we realize. But 
But back then, when it first came out, like we thought we we're all going to die. So, of course, I was concerned if I reached out to a friend, a good friend, and didn't hear back. I'm like, oh, no. But many, many months later, I saw that he did still post, not a lot, but he posted something on Facebook. And so the point is, he was still alive. And as far as I know, he is still alive today. But it's the strangest thing. Since 2020, the last, the last time I probably talked to this friend was 2019. And uh, I've never heard from him again. And again, it's just this same feeling of like, okay, inner circle, the people I thought were the closest to me, the people I loved the most, and I thought would always be there. I mean, this same friend, Winston, he used to say things to me all the time about like, oh, don't worry, you're going to meet a girl and I'm going to be at your wedding. I'm going to give a toast and give this great speech about how I saw you struggle in singleness and you finally met this great girl and all this stuff. Like he used to say things like that to me. And I used to be like, hmm, that sounds great. I look forward to that day. And of course, now with everything I'm saying about women and MGTOW, it's like, yeah, that's not going to happen in terms of me getting married. But also this friend is not in my life anymore. And for somebody that close to me to completely disappear like that, at least with my friend Dan, we reconnected and had a four-hour conversation, phone call about it, and he apologized. And at least I have an understanding of what happened. Like, he got married, went to med school, moved away, had kids. Like, of course, all of that naturally makes sense that there's no longer a place for me in his life. I get it. That's... It's a bitter pill. I swallowed it. Fine. I get it. No hard feelings. I get it. I've moved on with my life. He's moved on with his. Fine. But with this Winston situation, it's weird when a best friend, when a BFF kind of person just disappears and you never... Ghosted. I was literally ghosted. You don't ever think you're going to get ghosted by a BFF. And I'm not going to say anything more about him and that the details of that, but the, I bring it up. I brought up Dan, I brought up Winston and like the example of like who's still left standing. And I feel like it's just a bunch of these little cups anymore. And even the little cups of water, like those go away too. Goes away. And I feel like, okay, you're not really going to vest yourself too much in any of these little cups of water. Like, by definition, that's why it's a little cup of water. It's because you're totally... You're not putting your heart and soul into it because you know they're not really putting their heart and soul into it. And they may come and go, and it's a fickle friendship, maybe with some depth. But you just sit there and you're like, or I just sit here and I'm like, am I going to transition any of these smaller cups into being a bigger cup? Like, am I going to invest myself more deeply in somebody so that it could maybe become a BFF thing? Or am I even looking for that anymore? Have I been so hurt in the past or disappointed? Am I so jaded now and cynical? We live in a cynical world, a cynical world that I don't even want to try anymore for a bigger cup, you know, for a BFF, for a inner circle of people who I think, have I completely lost faith that any person in my life will be there 
all the way to the end. To some degree, yeah. Yeah. So all I feel like I have now realistically are a few inner circle people that I I couldn't elevate to the level of BFF. Like uh, they have my back, I have their back and we love each other forever. And it's a given, it's a solid. I mean, after I've lost what I've lost just between Dan and Winston alone, not to mention other people, I'm just like, it leaves you feeling, it leaves me feeling like, can you get up again and try again for that kind of thing? I don't know. Maybe if this certain person came into my life, even as a guy, as a friend or whatever, and I just felt like, wow. You know, I mean, I used to jokingly say, like with Dan, I'm like, he had all the qualities. Like, I loved him. And like I used to say, if he were a girl, I would have wanted to marry him or marry her, you know. You know, I was looking basically for the female version of Dan. That was the person I was looking to marry. We could go deep. We would talk all night. We would talk every day at work, chatting on AOL Instant Messenger. We would hang out after work, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. We grew closer and closer, enjoyed the whole ride. And I never got pissed at him. I never got sick of him. I never got tired of him. The more time I spent with him, the more I enjoyed it, and the more I just keep wanting to go, what are we going to do next? Where are we going to go next? Let's go travel. Let's go do this. That was my feeling toward him. And that's exactly the kind of feeling I would want to have in a life partner, in a wife. Like, you're curious about them. They're interesting. They're funny. They're deep. And we riff off of each other, and you go deeper and deeper and deeper experiencing life together. For the rest of your life. That is what I desire as an individual, as an introvert. Now, having lost that with him, and to lesser degrees with some of these other inner circle people, I just don't know about rebuilding. You know? And I, I say all the time, specifically with regard to MGTOW, it's a common phrase, but is the juice worth the squeeze? And usually that term only comes up with like, are women really worth it? Are women so great that you're willing to risk losing half of your money if they divorce you for whatever reason? Like, is all of that worth it? Can you really trust somebody? Or, you know, are they, are, are they even that attractive? Or are they, are they that loving and supportive of you? Like, women aren't even feminine in that way anymore, you know? It's like they want to have their own thing. And okay, fine, you have your own thing. And I was actually going to do an episode called Strong and Independent, and I still might record that episode um, some point in the near future. But it's just the nature of, again, this isn't personal to me. This is just the nature of what's been happening in society, the male-female dynamics, you know, between feminism pulling this way, MGTOW pulling the other way. And I don't know, you know, and 2020 and just the loss of friends and people in my life. And I'm just like, where am I at now? You know? And I think the last few episodes I've recorded, like easy come, easy go reaching out, um, have led to this sort of deeper monologue here, this deeper soliloquy that 
this is sort of the the harsh reality that I'm facing. And I feel like at the end of the day, and I'll kind of wrap it up with this, the best solution I can muster up is the cup full of water. Since I am an introvert, since I am naturally looking for a big cup, I don't want to naturally spread myself out in, in a thin way amongst all these little cups of, of acquaintances and meaningless one-off interactions and going out and Facebook messenger messages and random WhatsApp chats once a year, like just these very thin, fickle things out there. Like that's not me naturally. But I've mentioned this whole episode about my lack of faith in, in, in putting more water into one cup to trust in anybody else to be there or if they are even worthy of it, you know? And at the moment, I think the last couple of years brought me to a point where I'm like, okay, I think the solution has to be that I take more of the water from all these little cups out there and I pour it into one cup. But the one cup is not another person. The one cup is me. So, yeah, it's a harsh reality I've been describing, not just for the last couple of years, but everything leading up to this. But I feel like the solution, maybe not super ideal, and yeah, maybe it's a bit lonely, isolated, but it is the only truth that I feel like I can rely on. It's the only person I feel like I can rely on is myself. I think I was under the delusion my whole life up until 30, 31, where God, Jesus, was the only one I could count on. And that was preached to me by Tim Keller every Sunday. Everything else is an idol of your heart. You know, don't put, don't make your relationship an idol with your significant other. Don't make your work an idol. Don't make, you know, anything else an idol. And don't even trust in yourself because you're a fallen sinful person and you will screw up and mess up and fail. And the only thing that's perfect love and perfect beauty and perfect, amazing, awesome everything is God, not yourself. And I bought into that for my, most of my life, you know, at least seriously in my 20s when it mattered. And it's not completely untrue because, yes, I am fallen. Yes, I am, quote-unquote, sinful. I am broken. I am fallible. I am imperfect. Sure, we all are. But that's not an excuse to take yourself off the list of making the one cup yourself and instead trust in this invisible, ethereal God that you just pretend to believe in and you hope. But it's realized, at least I realize at the end of the day, it's all in my mind. There was, there was no reality to God at all. It was just an idea. And I bought into that idea. It did not yield any results, though. It's like sitting here rubbing a lamp that you've been told there's a genie in the lamp. 
not to make this comparison between God and a genie, because Christians will get all over you on that. Like, God is not a genie, da 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 Not even going to get into all that. But in terms of efficacy, in terms of reality, if you sat there and you rubbed a lamp because somebody told you a genie would come out and give you wishes or whatever, it's like, and you kept rubbing it, and nothing happened. Eventually, you need to wake up and be like, okay, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. It's just some random lamp. I'm rubbing it and nothing's happening. I need to... If you want something to happen in your life, you have to go out and make it happen. Period. End of story. And that's where I'm at now. I mean, uh, the religion thing is old news for me at this point. I'm just bringing it up now. But the more recent thing is the, the role that other people will play in my life. And unless I meet somebody and just blows my mind. And of course, if that happens, I would change my tune here on the introversion podcast. But until that happens, I have to fill the cup, a bigger cup of the water, but it's not in a BFF. It's not with the inner circle currently. It's just me. I will fill the cup myself. It's up to me because... I'm the only one, and I can't even say I'm the one who's never let me down. I think I have let myself down in my 20s because I bought into so many lies. And as a man of honor or respect or integrity, as a real man in my 30s, I learned to not be bitter toward the Christians and the Koreans, the racists, all that shit, Redeemer. Or even Dan, like I accepted years later. Like, there's no animosity. There's no resentment that I have. I'm like, it is what it is. But to be a man, to, to stand up, you take responsibility. You take ownership of your life, of your decisions. And yeah, I've let myself down in the past in those ways. By counting on God, by counting on BFFs, other friends, other people. I'm not going to give myself a hard time because... I was grafted into that system of belief, specifically with religion and God, Christianity, but also it's normal and natural. And all the movies, all the music, everything we listen to guides us as a straight heterosexual male or straight heterosexual female to find your other half, to find your love. Come and get your love, come and get your love, come and get your love now. To adore some woman, to... Every influence my whole life, all the 80s movies I was brainwashed by, and even into the 90s and the 2000s, Jerry Maguire, you complete me. You complete me. As if somehow you're incomplete until you find your significant other. All of these ideas have, I don't want to say plagued me, but yeah. I have absorbed all of this for a lifetime. And it wasn't until, not to give MGTOW all the credit, but seriously, like when I got red-pilled, when I discovered MGTOW, it was like it was like the glass, the snow globe was just shattered. Or whatever metaphor you want to use. It was just kind of like, holy fuck. It was all a lie. So much of what I believed in and hoped for, and it was all a lie. And we're all lied to. All the time, whether you realize it or not, in so many ways, the media, government, politicians, you know, your parents, they might mean well, but they don't know any better. And they're 
misguiding you. All the bad relationship advice you've gotten. And I don't care if you're a woman or a guy. I mean, as a woman, you're being lied to by radical feminists. You are. You might be on a path toward misery because you didn't, you just bought into the lies. And I'm not going to get all into that because this is getting a little long and I want to wrap this up. But I've said what I came here to say today. You know, that basically I'm tired of the lies. I'm tired of the disappointment. And is just being on my own, relying on myself, loving myself, caring for myself. But that can play out in very rich ways where I'm like, okay, let's get in even better shape. Let's eat well. Let's make money and spend it wisely. Let's learn new skills. Let's learn to play piano, make music, like do better with podcasting, get edible shorts finally off and running, like do all the things creatively and with passion and things that I want to do, do them on my own, do them with excellence, with vigor, enjoy the process, not for the sake of getting some girl, not for the sake of having a million followers, not for the sake of impressing other people or whatever looking good at a high school or college reunion. None of that. All of that is external. All of that is the liquid in all of these little cups out there around me. And at least at the moment, I feel much more done with all of that, all the little cups. I thought it kind of was a solution for a while, but I feel like given my nature as an introvert and who I am, like I need to, I'm a passionate, driven, focused person it's, I'm like a wind-up toy. It's literally like you just, the, the old, a lot of younger people now, they won't remember the Energizer Bunny, but it's literally like the old commercials. It's got an Energizer battery in it. Nothing outlasts the Energizer. They keep going and going. You wind up the toy, you point it in a direction, and it's just going to go on and on and on and on infinitely in that direction. And that's kind of how I am. Like, I was going to do another episode. I thought of an idea called half-ass, and I might still record that episode as well. The thing about that concept is I'm not a half-ass person. I realize a lot of people are kind of half-ass. And in, in a way, this whole metaphor of me sprinkling myself out, my energy, my heart, my time into all these little cups out there of people, and in a way, that's me being half-ass to sort of meet the low level of half-ass energy of all these other people in my life. And even if, even in their own life. And that's not me. I'm not a half-assed person. And I think it's about time I really meditate on that and absorb that and apply this knowledge to my life in a very real and practical way where it's kind of just like, yeah, fuck it. Let me get a new cup and start to pour out all the little bits of water from these smaller cups and the new cup it's not another person. It's not outside of myself. It's not Dan. It's not Winston. It's not a wife. It's not any of these other people. Because it's tough because these people have disappointed me. They've left me. And on the one hand, are you going to let that ruin your chances in the future, right? Like, are you going to bring that baggage to the table where it automatically, it's like uh, preconceived notions. It's a uh, shit. What's the term? Oh. God, if I can think of the term, I'll animate it. I'll flash it on here because I can't think of it in the moment. But it's like when it's like predetermined 
am I screwing, the point is, am I screwing myself out of meeting a potential new person who could fill that cup and who wouldn't disappoint me and who would actually be there till the end, a true BFF or a life partner? Am I screwing myself out of that by giving up now based on my prior experiences? Maybe. Maybe. There's no guarantees in life, and everything's a gamble. But at least at the moment, I'm opting for the safer bet, which is just pour all the water, or most of it. There's still people in my life I like. I still have somewhat of an inner circle, but those just kind of, I'm realizing, need to be a little bit smaller cups. I don't think the solution is for me to pour more of myself into these smaller cups to make those bigger cups. No, I think the water can be there in these smaller cups, but maybe some of the other smaller cups pour a little bit, little bit, little bit into this new cup that is myself and focus my energy there on myself and what I really want to do with my life and my time, you know, because the older I get, the more I realize this is it. Life is short. So I can't talk anymore about like, oh, what I'm going to do later and I'm glad I went to New York and did the open mic last week. I'm like, okay, scratch that off my bucket list. I need to be doing more things like that where I push myself and I'm like, what is it that I really want to do? Okay. Like the Energizer Bunny, point myself in that direction, focus on it with more energy, with more zest, with more water in this cup, metaphorically speaking, where I can be focused to do the things in life that I want to do before my time runs out. I need to fill my own cup. So that's me and my story and my life and where I'm at. And I hope that whoever's listening out there, honestly, this is the advice I would give to my child. This is my advice I'd give to anybody. You know, obviously I grew up in the church where they drilled it into you like, oh, don't be selfish. That's of the devil. You have to give of yourself. You have to carry your cross and all this stuff. But I'm like, no. Unfortunately, I was raised with that message, but what I would tell people is, and I said it earlier, like I've been lied to so much in my life and I'm sick of it. And to whatever degree you also have been lied to in your life. And I say, try to put an end to it. First, you need to identify the ways you're being you're being lied to, and you need to figure out your own truth and what works for you. Yeah, I still believe in objective truth and this and that out there in the world, but like the way your life can play out, it can play out in a lot of different ways. And it's up to you to decide for yourself, you know? But you need to realize that for yourself first. You need to stop taking the cues from everybody else telling you what to do and how to live your life, including me. I'm not even telling you how to live your life. I'm telling you, figure it out for yourself. Because that, yeah, again, I'm going to wrap with that. The one bit of advice I would give to, to you listening now or anybody is always invest in yourself. Always invest in yourself. It doesn't mean you can't have a little bit of extra water to spread around and other people. Sure. And and maybe you've had a different life path and this is completely irrelevant and meaningless to you. Maybe you've had your best friend since kindergarten and they will be there for you till the end of your life. So fine, you've got your inner circle and these cups of water and spread out evenly and and that's working for you. Well, lucky you, great for you. Then you don't, <laughs> you need to, again, you can still heed my advice though about do what works best for you in your life. That's great advice. 
But for everybody else who's similarly struggling in ways that I have been struggling, that is my advice. Invest in yourself. You'll never regret that. I I seriously doubt you'll ever regret investing in yourself. And I mean taking courses, learning new skills, getting in shape, eating right, doing things that are healthy and positive for yourself. I just don't think you can go wrong doing that. Yeah, that's what I got for today. So we went we went deep today. I feel like the last couple of episodes have been leading up to this. So uh, yeah, but I will leave it at that. If you're if you're feeling a little bit lost in life, if you're feeling disappointed by other people, don't let it get you down. Don't let it empty you. If you haven't really fully passionately thought about yourself and who you are and what you're all about and what you want to do in life, maybe it's time to get that cup that represents yourself and pour more of the water that's been spread out haphazardly in all these little cups out there. Slowly empty it into your cup that's yourself. Have the energy and the focus to get on with your life and make it happen for yourself. I hope this has been enlightening for you. Hey, glad you're here. If you've enjoyed any aspect of today's episode, I ask that you click like on this video. And if you'd like to see more in the future, hit that big, fat, juicy red subscribe button and click the little bell icon next to it in order to receive a notification as soon as new episodes are posted. And if you're not actually on YouTube right now, but are watching on Spotify or listening on Apple, please leave a five-star rating. It only takes a second, and it's a free way of supporting this podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, there are plenty of ways to do so. You can post a comment on this video on YouTube. You can email me at podcast at introversion.com. Or you can connect on social media. I'm fairly active on Twitter and Instagram as I am introversion. And last, but certainly not least, be sure to check out the brand new and ever-evolving introversion.com, where in addition to the podcast episodes, I am posting all kinds of interestingness and food for thought on a nearly daily basis. So yeah, take a break from Mark Zuckerberg's watchful eye and go actually bookmark an independent website like back in the day. Before the dark times, before the empire. It's a harsh world out there, but keep calm and carry on, my friend. I will always be here at introversion.com, actively introspecting in order to live my best life and encouraging you and others to do so as well. Until next time. All done. If you survive, please come again. (laughs) 